Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Chili Chili Grits Grits Podcast. Podcast. We are so excited to be here once again. My name is Reverend Monika Bowman. And I am Dr. Aisha Francis. And we're elated because, you know, this is episode three. Yes. And we did a soft launch and shared with our friends and family and had a more public launch on Valentine's Day. A little sweet reminder. It It was a sweet release on Valentine's Day. Yes. Indeed. And so we are so grateful for all of the initial feedback that came in. Um, people are really excited about Chili Grits podcast, as excited as we are. Yes, yes, it's landing well. We're so, so pleased. Yes, it's hitting where it needs to hit. Yes. <laughs> so and I have to say that when we did get some feedback, it was brought to our attention that we didn't quite explain Chili Grits. No, we did not. You know, there's some inside inside language, inside baseball that folks wanted a little bit of uh, explanatory notes. We needed some liner notes. Yes, yes. So some people thought we were talking about chili As that you actually eat. The stew, <laughs> yes. chili. Uh, other folks thought we were talking about chili, the spice. Yes, yes. So, so Aisha, yes. can you tell us what does chili grits mean? So chili grits is this mashup of first um, a nod to the location where we find ourselves. We are recording in Cambridge. Yes. Shout out to CCTV. Indeed. Thank you for the space and for all of the technical help. Um, and I think also this sense of the climate metaphorically in yes. this part of the country where people often feel that interactions with people are literally cold. And, That's true. And that folks are, are cool to um, new relationships, new interactions. Yes. So that's where the chili got came yeah. from. Actually, um, in one of the iterations was cold grits. Yes, cold grits. And we were like, oh, I'm not <laughs> sure. a little harsh. <laughs> cold would work. Yes. And also, of course, it's cold. Yes. <laughs> it is It is very cold compared to where we grew up. Right. So where, that's, the, that's yes. the chili part. And then we were really thinking about... Uh, the grits first as uh, a nod to this southern staple if folks haven't had the popular hot cereal grits go get you some grits grits you can find it at the grocery store (laughs) the good old quaker kind or you know whatever brand you find it's delicious but here in the northeast you do have to look for it you do it's usually at the bottom it's at the bottom it's not readily available it is on the cereal aisle i'm just explaining this to people it's on the regular cereal aisle go to the section with the hot cereals where you find your oatmeal and cream of wheat cream of rice cream of buckwheat all of that stuff grits are there it it takes some work it might be on the bottom (laughs) shelf and there's only a few types whereas if you go in the south they literally have an entire section of all these types of grits yeah Anyhow, we digress. Yes. So there's the food grits. And then there's also this acronym, which is Girls Race in the South. And, you know, growing up, you could just go different places, any kind of souvenir shop or opera land. And there's all of this merchandise that has grits all over it, literally, you know, G-R-I-T-S. Um, and it's it's just fun. It's a fun thing. So that's, that's where the mashup uh, derived. Yes. It was uh, this iterative creative process. So there you have it. That's Chili Grits, That's folks. Chili Grits. And now everybody's in the know. They're in the know. And maybe when summer comes, we'll warm the grits up. But for right now, they're chilly. It's, it's chilly. <laughs> it is it, really chilly. chilly. Grits, yes, yes. So, Monica, 
What is today's saying? Ah, today's Southern saying. Okay, so it's going to be a pearl clutcher, right? Mm -hmm. So when I, where I grew up, there was this term that would kind of roll around when you didn't properly acknowledge someone when you walked into a room. Okay. And so the term was, did I sleep with you last night? Woof. <laughs> so I remember as a child, like, people would say this, and it was before I understood that it was like a metaphor, mm -hmm. right? And... um I would just get all anxious and nervous because I had no clue what people were talking about. <laughs> How do I respond to this? <laughs> help, help. What is, the, what is the proper response? Yes. And then there would be a follow-up, like, speak to me when you walk into a room. Mm -hmm. So at the core of the saying, it's really about how do you acknowledge another person when you walk into a room and you don't know them, right? Mm -hmm. Or you haven't been around them or it's a new environment. Um, which is interesting because in the South, people, when you when you walk past somebody on the street, what do you do, Aisha? There's a lot of greeting going on. Yeah, There's a lot of acknowledgement. You acknowledge. Head nods. It yes. could be, you know, a little wave, an audible hello. Yes. But yes. but but there is there is some kind of recognition that yes. I see you. Yes. Yes. And I think at the core of the saying, did I sleep with you last night? Mm -hmm. You know, which is very um, you know, it it's um there has a shock value to it. It does. It does. <laughs> that one's a little that one's a little naughty. Yes, there's a shock value to it. Um it really forces an individual or a person to think about how they interact with people when they step into a room. So, you know, I think about this in the context of um, our U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, mm -hmm. um, Marsha Fudge, yes. right? Secretary I Fudge. Yes, I remember her first press conference, right? And she walked in the, the, the conference room and she said, um, good evening. And it was like complete silence, mm -hmm. right? And then she picked her head up, popped it up, and said, excuse me, good evening. And then everybody straightened their back up, yes. and you heard everyone speak about it. Yep. So what was interesting for me in that moment, I chuckled, because the first thing that came to mind for me when I heard it was this saying, did I sleep with you last night? No, no, she <laughs> commanded everybody's attention in that moment and, and this call and response expectation. Um, I think she referred to her history as a teacher yes. and said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the response and yes. for this participation in the, the kind of practice of relationship building. Absolutely. Um, so this is a fun example because it's another one that honestly I had never heard of. Really? No, I had never <laughs> heard of this in, in that context. And, you know, when, when you shared it, I don't even remember. I should have written down my first assumption of, of the connotation of the phrase because it wasn't this. So I love it. I love really kind of proving out the point, which is why we started this, that there's just ex expansiveness of language yes in southern traditions and southern sayings so no but i definitely remember that that um press conference and the clip that went viral yes it did and so what was interesting about the viral clip and i encourage people to go back and like pull it up yes when i looked and i looked in the comments i saw the phrase like there were so many people who were like oh yeah i know that did i sleep with you last night did i sleep with you last night <laughs> how dare you not speak to yes. me but it also presumes that in our households 
that people have even in that basic uh, four walls, right? And understanding that you're speaking to each other as soon as you get up, before you leave the house. I'm going to assume that everybody does, and maybe people don't. Maybe people yeah. don't necessarily, you know, the first thing we say in our household when we greet each other is, hey, good morning. How, how did you sleep last night? Yeah, you know, that's yeah. just part of it. And and so anyway, I'm I'm curious about whether or not that part of the phrase in and of itself uh, even resonates because some folks might say well even if I did sleep with you last night I may or may not speak to speak you, to you yeah, in the particular if we got into a fight last night <laughs> right <laughs> but I do love the sassiness of it yeah so you know what's, what's interesting for me at the core un- of it of the phrase and underneath it it's this desire to be seen and to be heard. Mm -hmm. And so that's the piece, once you get past the shock value and like the funniness of it all. And, you know, for those people that heard the phrase and their minds went multiple places, come on back, come on back. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's sassy, not risque. It's not risque. (laughs) But what's, what's important for me is this piece of being seen and being heard. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a core common experience that just manifests differently based on where you are in life or what um, region of the country or the world you come in. Everyone has this deep desire to be seen and to be heard, right? right? And so growing up in a Southern context for me, where this phrase was very much a part of my my formative years, it was really teaching me at a younger age, how do you acknowledge and affirm another human being? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting. I think about that in the context of leadership, right? Yes. And I think about these moments when maybe I didn't get the affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was actually, you know, the story where it was this job and it was just going downhill. (laughs) quickly too. And um, I'll never forget, I got the news that my whole department was being let go of. But it was just a two person office. And I'll never forget that when they announced it, there was this huge write up of the person that led the department. Mm -hmm. And a part of that was rightfully so the person had been at the company a lot longer. Um, But for me, I was literally at the bottom (laughs) of this public announcement, and Mm. it was like one or two sentences. And I remember reading that, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is horrible. Dismissive. It was so dismissive. And I'm like, okay, how do I tap into this piece of myself where I I want to be viewed and seen and heard, right? So my response to that, I had this beautiful coworker that like held me in the moment of like my hurt. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know what, Monika, you're about to run for public office in Cambridge. Um, respond all to the email, because it went out company-wide, right? And leverage your talking points in your campaign to talk about why you're moving on and what's ahead for you. That's smart. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Aisha? I got so many responses back saying, oh, my God, I never met you before, but this is truly inspiring. I love it. <laughs> and so, you know, I think about that phrase, right? Did I did I sleep with you last night? When I think about these rituals of greetings and how we greet each other, I'm curious about one thing that I have completely let go of now, but it was... I don't want to say hard. It was awkward for me to do for a while. 
is the use of ma'am and sir. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I wondered for a long time, you know, whether or not. So here, very few people ever use that term. Although, interestingly, just before this recording, I went to a local place right next door, picked up a little bite, and the person said, thank you, ma'am. And he said, oh, an older gentleman said, oh, I'm sorry, I mean, miss, you know, I'm trying to stop myself from saying ma'am. So it was just an interesting exchange. Um, But that was really ingrained in in my upbringing was to say ma'am and sir to everybody. Yeah, same here. All of the time. And it wasn't about subservience. It was just that sign of respect. And I think in a lot of cultures of color, you know, there is this um, sense that everyone is an auntie or an uncle, you know, auntie so-and-so, uncle so-and-so. And while we didn't have that tradition, the only aunties and uncles were either my biological ones or people who were super close to the family, you know, so that they felt like aunts and uncles. But there was a very clear expectation of the, the ma'am and the sir. What about you? Yeah, you know, I re- actually remember... When I decided to stop using it, mm-hmm. it was conscious though. It was. See, it was. Me too. It was very conscious. I had to make myself yeah, stop. Yeah, it was. I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. I went to um, Washington D.C. to stay with my my godmother for that summer before I went off to college. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got this job um, at it's called Fashion Bug. <laughs> Ooh, I worked at Hit or Miss. <laughs> Did you? I think it's similar. <laughs> yes. You know when those fat it was fast yes. fashion before like the term was yes. used, you know? Yep. So I was there and like the people that were my supervisors were like, I don't know, twenty five, mm-hmm. you know, and I was seventeen because you know, I didn't turn eighteen until I like my first semester of college. Co- yeah, me too. Yeah, so I was young, mm-hmm. right? I was like, we were young freshmen. Yes, we were. <laughs> <laughs> So I remember saying yes, ma'am, to them, and felt awkward. Like something about this something don't feel right. It's not hitting. just because you're my manager yeah. doesn't mean I have to actually call you ma'am. Yeah, yeah. and so I remember at that moment I stopped mm-hmm. using it, mm-hmm. and um, but then when I went to college, I picked it up based on what someone's age was. Oh, okay. So All right. yeah, I was that's a good cut. Yeah, I was very nuanced, and then. You know, I kept going up the coast and landed here in, you know, the Cambridge, you know, Boston, the hub, and I just stopped using it altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting, Aisha, when we talk about, you know, this this concept of how do we greet and acknowledge each other. I think about my graduate school experience, and I went to an HBCU for my undergrad, but I went to a... Um, PWI as they call it. Yes. Um, okay, we should do we should do the liner notes for these. Yes. Two. So yes. HBCU is a historically black college or university. Yes. PWI is predominantly white institution. institutions. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Aisha. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> We're gonna do them. That's yes. a whole decision too. Code Switch has a wonderful episode of their podcast on liner notes. They don't call them liner notes, like explanatory notes. Yes. Do we do them? Do we not? Well, we're going to be inclusive. We're going yeah, yeah. to try to remind each other to do them. So. Yes, be intentional. Yeah. I, and I'm one to not like acronyms mm-hmm. because it makes an assumption that everybody knows your acronym. That's and right. that's not the and case. And I want more people to know about HBCUs and what Indeed. they are. Indeed. So, all right. So you're HBCU and we'll talk about mine later. But yes. anyway, we digress. Your story. Yes. So, so I so I go to Columbia Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the PWI. That's y'all. the PWI. Okay. It was the... Um, um, 
it was my theological training mm-hmm. place. And so what was fascinating to me, all the professors wanted me to call them by their first name. Oh, yes. And I'm like. I've never been comfortable with that. I was so uncomfortable I with know. that. But I like know. my yeah. my colleagues that were white. It was fine. No problem. None. None. Yep. They were just. Didn't bat an eye. It was, it was, I'm like, I what? Know. I felt like I was in the matrix. Yeah. But what was fascinating to me, there were professors of color on mm-hmm. the campus. And we never had the conversation. But you know when you you see and you know without having the conversation yes. what what the thing is? What they've is? been through. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I could just tell that it just kind of, it bothered. It kind of ate away at mm-hmm. some piece of themselves because culturally that is not how, particularly in the African-American tradition, I'm pretty sure there's other traditions out there too or ethnic groups that don't, don't do that in the same way. Right. But um, I could tell it, it, it just, it, it didn't sit it well. It didn't sit well. Yeah, but they had to accept well. it. Because that was the culture because of the that institution. Was, yeah, that was the culture of the institution. Yeah. And so, you know, this whole piece around, you know, navigating how you um, how you greet someone, how mm-hmm. you want to be greeted, right. right? And what does that mean in cultural context, you know, in each one that you have to move throughout is really um, significant. And what are we willing to hold on to? And what are the things that we are willing to walk away, right? And right. so for the story I told at my my job, I was like, I was not willing to walk away mm-hmm. from my contributions to that organization, right. not being fully acknowledged, um, from me not being seen as the dynamic person that I was, despite the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have to do that, right? And um, I think that was a way for you to take back the power in a moment where, I mean, deliberately or not, I think someone should have realized, hey, this this can make someone feel small. I think yeah, that was a very yeah. egregious sort of, even if you just look at the real estate, you know, that you spent, let alone, you know, somebody always has to go first. So it's not yeah. so much about that. But it, I think, you know, the real estate that you spend on messaging makes, makes a big difference. But I think what I, I loved about the way that, Secretary Fudge handled that moment is that she commanded the room and she asked for the type of opening that she wanted and expected. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to be more cognizant of is how you set the tone Mm. for conversations, how you set the tone as a leader when you walk into a meeting. And you can feel when spaces are funky and who knows why that is right you know you, right. It, it most of the time it has absolutely nothing to do with you but what you can do is with a simple adjustment like hers yeah you can really reorient folks absolutely to a, a better way, I think, or something that feels better, right, in terms of respect and expectations for exchange yeah. and, and a, a dialogue. And I think that is a way of being a much more um, really a, a, a bold leader, but also just someone who is very clear about um, the way you want to interact with yeah, folks yeah. instead of moving past these openings yeah I think it is a practice that I I do want to you know pay more attention to how you open a meeting how do you 
greet a room when you walk into it? How do you, you know, attack a space in a way that uh, I think helps you put your best foot forward as a leader? Um, and so I, I do think that, that that was an important moment for her early in you know, uh, having an important role to kind of set this expectation for, hey, I bet you a lot of other people know now, listen, when when Secretary Fudge walks in the, walks room. In the room, you better greet her, right? Yes, so yes. There's a way you can teach people how you want to be treated with something like that, with a, a little exchange like that. So I think there's a, uh, a kernel of truth in, in that moment. It's the did I sleep with you moment. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Let's go back. Let's take it back. Rewind. Do you like your grits with sugar or salt? Oh, we're talking about how we like our grits. Yes, we got to do that (laughs) since we're having, you know, the kind of explanatory note conversation. We might as well just do all of it. Yes, indeed. So I am a with salt and butter person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, When I moved over to Florida and got closer to the Carolinas is when I started adding a little um, shrimps to the grits. Yes, yes. (laughs) But honestly, in Louisiana... I would say grits is, I mean, it's a part of the cuisine, but it's definitely not the center. Like we have like the, the Holy Trinity. Are you familiar with this term? It is. It's, wait a minute. Let me see. It's uh, celery. Yes. Um, I know what this is. Celery, onions, and carrots. No. What? <laughs> Celery, onion, and bell peppers. Yes, and peppers. (laughs) That was close. And so, like, all those types of, like, savory-type dishes. Yes. The jambalaya, the gumbo. Mm -hmm. I I think that's more of the center. But grits is definitely a part of it. But it's definitely not the center of our cuisine. So I had grits, oatmeal, or cream of wheat every single morning. I was a hot cereal girl. It was a hot cereal household. So I grew up on this all the time. The only way I ever had it was savory. This whole thing about sugar in the grits, I, I honestly have never had it. But what I did used to put sugar on was rice. And so sugar I, and rice? Mm-hmm, I know, because <laughs> rice is nothing but straight up starch anyway. But yes, I would put sugar and butter in my rice until one day my grandmother literally said, girl, you are too old to be eating your, your rice like that. <laughs> Thanks, she, Grandma. She shamed me out of it. I'm like, really? It's like, that's for kids. So I stopped. But yes. Um, but I, similarly, as I grew older and started traveling, is when uh, I was introduced to fish and grits okay. or shrimp and grits. We didn't grow up with that. It was just the grits itself as a breakfast meal. Never had it for lunch. Never had it for dinner. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, it was definitely a staple in the household. And um, it, it's hearty soul food for me. And I eat it quite frequently. Yeah, you know, I I don't have it as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But I feel like honestly with a lot of southern cuisine, um I have to force myself to cook it in the house mm-hmm. and and really make sure that I keep it um as a staple. Um but I think that it has more to do not with me being in the northeast. It's just like who has time for cooking? But they they are so fast. They're done in like Grits 3 is, minutes. That's yeah. why I make it up every, you know, I I am still trying to keep with the hot cereal tradition in the household. Uh, do your girls eat grits? No, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
don't judge me. I have one one who eats them and one who won't. So no no judgment zone, judgment free zone here. But I'm gonna introduce it to them this and weekend. see what happens. <laughs> yes, like listen, folks, listen. We want you to just have have a sense of what this is. So all right, well you know, thank you for introducing me to a new a new phrase, a new turn of phrase. Yes, yeah. And so the next time you're in a room, of course, you'll do it in the most professional way possible right but if someone does not give you the acknowledgement you deserve um that's just for of course dr francis but anyone that is listening you can conjure up the spirit of did i sleep with you last night <laughs> and get the respect that you rightfully deserve Put some from, respect from, on yeah, your name. yes 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 i love it <laughs> there you have it yes well thank you for joining us for this episode of Chili Grits podcast. We are so excited about um, this work and we hope that you appreciate our work too. And let us know, have you heard of this this phrase before? Yes. Has it come up in the lexicon? Yeah. And, you know, how has it impacted you? And if you've just heard it, you know, give us some feedback on, on what you think. And if you decide to drop it and use it, let Ooh. us know how it turns out. Please do. <laughs> did you get the Marsha Fudge treatment? Yes. And how did it go over? We want to know. We want to know. All, All right. right. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>